Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is breaking through the online clutter, SEO, and more. Today's guest is here representing ShaneBarker.com, where they specialize in SEO, influencer marketing services, content marketing services, and online PR marketing services. He is a professional speaker and the host of the Marketing Growth Podcast. A big hello to Shane Barker. Hi, Shane. Hey, what's going on, Andy? How are you doing? I'm great. Well, thanks for joining us. Absolutely, man. I was excited when you reached out to me. I'm a fan. I was like, oh, now I get to be on the show. I'm looking forward to this. Awesome. Well, let's start here. Let's start talking about SEO and how it's changed over the years. I remember when Panda and Penguin updates, before that, all you really needed in terms of getting great placement were optimized titles and meta tags. But, you know, this is a long time ago. That's the early 2010s. What is needed today to rank well organically? I know, boy, I'd say when you talk about uh, 2010 and earlier before Panda and, and all the other uh, penguins and all the other fun stuff, I, those, were the, those were the good old days, man. That's, you know, it was, it was simple back then. It was, you know, you just go and you, you put something up and you optimize a little bit. We didn't even, we barely knew what optimization was, but we were like, oh, let's try this and put a little mm-hmm. meta tags up there, a little page titles. And all of a sudden magic was happening. It was awesome. And then all of a sudden everybody started to realize how to do that and Google, as they do, started to understand what we were doing and how we were doing things and switch things up a little bit for the user experience. And so I think, you know, when you look at it today, when you look at what it takes to be number one for SEO, it still goes back to, you know, a lot of the, the same core things that are that haven't changed for a long time is going to be, you know, obviously great content, right? You got to be putting out epic content um, and, you know, make sure that it's original content that you're created. And once again, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, original ideas. There can be some of the same ideas, but you can mm-hmm. obviously, you know, put it in different, uh, you know, redo the content and do it in different ways. But links, obviously another big thing, right, that we talk about. Um, links can always be, you know, it's always been probably one of the, the main things in regards to content or at least in regards to SEO that you can help you rank. Obviously, you know, anytime we Anytime we get an idea of what Google, you know, needs from us, then there's always us as marketers. I always see marketers ruin everything, right? And then we come in and try to figure out how we're going to get more links. And so, you know, that, that's, you can kind of go back and forth on that. I talked about the quality of links and how you, you know, what kind of links you want to get. And we'll probably talk about that a little further on along the podcast. Um, the other thing I think you need to do to, to rank well these days is really, you know, there's software. You know, when we were doing this, uh, you know, a long time ago, 10, 15, 20 years ago, probably, well, 15 years ago, probably, um, you know, I, there wasn't a lot of software. You know, we were kind of eyeballing stuff and looking at things and trying different things. And um, it was kind of, we call it the wild, wild west. Now you have softwares. There's a lot of different types of softwares that you can use to be able to look at, once again, either competition, look at your own um, things you've got going on. Obviously, Google Analytics is, is, you know, to be able to look at your own profiles and, you know, backlinks and 
um, which articles are doing well, where people are exiting, all that kind of stuff. But really software looking at your competition and understanding what they're doing, um, looking at their backlink profiles, looking at you know how much traffic that, that, you know, that we think that they're getting in regards to certain articles and certain keywords. What is it going to take to outrank them? I mean, there's all kinds of awesome software. Um, each one of them, I have access to, I'm not going to name all off because we don't have enough time here on the podcast, but- Well, give us, um, give us, uh, give us a couple. What are, what are the ones that you would recommend for someone wanting yeah. to try to optimize their own website? Yeah. So, I mean, SEMrush is a, we've always been a big fan of SEMrush for a long time. Um, Hrevs is something that we've used historically for a number of years. Uh, definitely Surfer SEO um, has been an, a, a good one that we've seen some great results from once again, and, um, and for optimizing content or, or revamping content um, has been awesome. So those are going to be probably my three staples. Obviously there's Majestic, there's um, I don't know. There's, there's so many different ones. I mean, each one of them we use kind of for different things and kind of figure out, you know, what are the strong points of each one of them? Cause it becomes difficult to be awesome at everything, right? Obviously they always want to try to be awesome at everything so they can charge more and add more features and, you know, keep you on longer as a client. Um, but for each one, I think we have, it's kind of its own specific thing that we've realized over the years that we think that's where, uh, you know, where it has a kind of the, the, the thing that it has, that it does best, right? I think that it kind of specializes in that it seems to do uh, that has done historically well for us, whether it be, you know, looking at keyword search volume or whether it be looking at, you know, backlink profiles, something like that, where it's spitting out what we feel is good data. So in your agency, are you using multiple software licenses? Yeah, yeah, we absolutely do. Yeah, we have multiple uh, licenses, you know, because once again, we have so many different clients and different things that we do for each one of them. Some of them, we either A, um, we'll do more of like a managed services where we'll, you know, they can actually, we'll recommend that they get the software and then we'll show them how to use the software where eventually we're kind of working ourselves out of a job. And then sometimes clients are saying, listen, I, I don't want to take this on. This is something that I would rather you take it on. You just give me reports, tell me what's going on and kind of give me a, a high level of how things are going and what are the next steps and what needs to be done. But I mean, are you using different companies? Like you're using the SEMrush, you're using oh, yeah. some of the, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely are. Yeah, we've got a number of them. Like I said, we, we I have access because I do so many reviews on my website on shanebarker.com. We do a lot of reviews for these softwares. So I, I'm very fortunate in the sense that I get usually get free access because they want me to write a review. And so what I do is I get a chance to take a look at the softwares. I mean, there was a certain point where I think I had access to like 90 softwares and and which was just a crazy. I, I finally had my team run the numbers and I was like, God, I have 90 pieces. I have 90 pieces of software that I could be using at any time, not just for SEO, obviously for influencer marketing, you know, content creation. There was a lot of them, but it was kind of funny to have access to that many uh, softwares. And be, we were probably only using about half of them for obviously different things that we do. Now you had mentioned the fresh content, fresh, unique content and backlinks. Could you give a percentage? What is more important. I mean, what, what percent would you give to the content and what percent would you give to the backlinks? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, it's, it's a little difficult. I, I would say, um, and some people might disagree with this, but I, I would say 60% content, 40% backlinks. And the reason why I say that is because obviously without great content, um, it's going to be difficult to index, right? If you're writing just subpar content and you're adding backlinks, it's going to be an uphill battle. If you're writing phenomenal content and just add a few backlinks, there is an opportunity to out-index um, some people that have a lot more backlinks. So I think quality of content um, is, is a huge factor. Um, once again, backlinks is, I would say, I was going to say equally, but I, I guess it's not equally because I said 60-40, but it's, it's still up there. I mean, backlinks are going to be important for obviously relevant backlinks. Um, and then obviously making sure that there are high authoritative websites that, you know, that Google looks up to and making sure we're not doing anything um, spammy, link farmy or anything funny like that. So what would you consider 
to be good SEO? What would you, if a client came to you and had this going on, you'd say, well, you're, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. I mean, we just look at, you know, obviously, you know, anything on page when we're talking about, you know, looking at meta descriptions, page titles, just, just the basics to see where they're at, um, seeing what keywords, if they're going after a certain keyword for each um, piece, each, uh, each uh, page they have on their website, you know, we always figure out, you know, I tell people that for every uh, page you have on your website, that's a piece of real estate on Google, right? And you really want to make sure you're optimizing for that. So, and trying to figure out if there's a keyword that you should be going after for certain terms, obviously your homepage is going to be your strongest page. So what we look at there is, you know, what is the, the number one keyword that you want to be number one for, um, and, you know, assuming that it, that it makes sense. And then we want to, we want to optimize that for the homepage. I mean, really the way I look at, you know, websites, I look at websites is, you know, only what I want to do is I want to create content, obviously with intent, but I want to create content that indexes well online. I want content that, you know, is going to be driving people that don't know about my company, don't know about my services or know about my client services. That's really the goal of it, right? I mean, it's awesome if somebody's looking up your, your you know, your brand name and you're going to always, usually you're going to be number one there because it's your brand name, assuming it's not an extremely common, you know, name, you know, like, I don't know, like people or something like obviously that I mean, for people magazine could be a little difficult because there might be other websites out there that index well for that. But, you know, in regards to like shanebarker.com, I mean, I, you know, I went out of my way to make sure there's, there's about 10 Shane Barkers in the United States that I know of. One was a legislator, one was a DJ. I made, to do everything I could to, to push them out of the way to make sure that I was number one. So, you know, it, it really comes down to, you know, having a good, you know, once we talk about you know, implementing good SEO today is going to be obviously amazing content, a great distribution channel. Um, right. And that means in, you're distributing the content through social media, through other avenues. Maybe you have groups that share content. Um, and the goal is this, is if you have great content for SEO, that's awesome. And, you know, maybe it'll take a little while to rank depending on what type of keyword you're going after. But what you really want to do is you want to be able to distribute that content. You know, we have some of the best products in the world that don't have good marketers. So nobody knows about it. And you have some of the worst products in the world that have amazing marketers and we all know about it. So you know, it's the same thing with SEO. You want to write great content. Obviously, you want to get right get good backlinks as well, but you really want to get that distribution out there to get more people to get used to coming and seeing your content and driving that traffic, hopefully, you know, off, you know, through, you know, search and through, through social, but also through search. Now you realize those other nine Shane Barkers probably don't like you. They hate me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> that I'm still alive. I, I've had a few black vans pull up in front of my house and I'm, I'm ready. I've got, you know, butter knives and stuff all around the house. I'm, I'm ready for an all out SEO war if, if somebody wants to take the Pepsi challenge. But yeah, you know, it is funny. Like I, I literally do know pretty much almost all the Shanes. There was a guy in New Zealand um, that got murdered. I mean, there's, I, I literally know all the Shane Parkers. <laughs> oh, wow. Like I, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little over the top. I, I, you know, I pride myself in, in being, um, you know, the SEO game to me is, is awesome and I love doing it, but I, I am a little bit of a, um, I'm a little, I like a challenge, you know, and we, and I, I, it's funny. I won't say any names, but there's some people like online that I, that were competitors and we're actually really good friends. And like, when we go and speak at events, we'll talk shenanigans on stage and off stage and say, Hey, I noticed you guys were slipping for these keywords. These are, these are guys that don't really, all they care about is bragging and girls actually that care about bragging. And so, you know, I, I've pride myself on being able to understand what I can do to outrank not only my competitors, but also, you know, for my, for my, my clients as well. You know, I go out of my way to say, okay, hey, you know, who do you want to crush at the end of the day? You tell me who you want to crush and we'll, we'll put a plan together to crush them. And um, like I said, a high percentage of the time we're able to do it. Now, speaking of challenges, SEO is, is one of those industries that's just filled with shysters. They're promising to get you on the first page of Google, sometimes for pennies a day. Now, looking at your website, I see where you have been recognized all over the place for the quality of work you're doing with SEO. And so my question is this. So how do you separate your services from these con men type 
that promise cheap, fast results? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it really comes down to, you know, I call it my spider sense, right? If you're looking at something, if it seems too good to be true, guess what? It, it usually is, right? I mean, it's, if you're looking at something and going, wow, that just, that just seems too good to be true, really think about that. Uh, you know, we get the calls all the time and some, you know, the ebb and flow, but you know, Hey, I get you on the first page of Google for $99 a month and whatever that is. And maybe they're talking about a directory they have and they can, you know, get you somewhere on the first page. But at the end of the day, you know, SEO is, it's a long-term game. You know, this isn't a, this isn't a, a situation where you're going to be able to get number one overnight. Um, and there's some strategies and things that you can do to be able to get up there faster. And obviously that's what we use for ourselves and our clients. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that it's a long-term game. And that's what I always tell my clients. Like, listen, if you're looking for overnight results or one week or two weeks or one month, um, you know, it's probably not going to happen, depending on what the keyword is. If you're, you know, carving out a little niche and you have a brand new keyword that you're like, hey, we want to, you know, use this word and nobody's really using it. It's a new term that we want to we want to coin. Great. Then we can go and probably get number one for that because there's probably not a lot of competition. But the way that that I differentiate myself from from competitors and important if you're listening to this, if you're going to hire an SEO agency, is really see if they're being honest with you because every agency will tell you that they can get you number one for this keyword and that keyword. But at the end of the day, like what I do is I want to get results for you, right? Like I don't. It's not about just getting a paycheck. Like I I don't want to collect a monthly check and not be able to look you in the eyes and say, hey, we're making progress. So for me, I do a deep evaluation into. What is, is it possible? Like, I'll give you an example. Like I, you know, real estate agents that will say, hey, I want to be number one for, you know, Los Angeles Realtor. And I say, okay, well, let's take a look at that. Well, the problem is, is you have Trulia, you have Zillow, you have, you know, these big, big companies, you know, realtor.com that are ahead of you. So what are your chances of becoming number one? Well, plus I'm not saying it. Plus 5 billion other uh, real estate agents. That's exactly it. So you're, the competition there is absolutely insane. Now, mind you, can I get you number one? I could but I don't know if you have deep enough pockets to make that happen, right? I mean, it would be an all out effort. It would literally be a war on some of the biggest, you know, SEO guys in the game that are in the real estate business. You know, can it happen? It can, but you have to ask yourself, do you have, you know, a million dollars to invest? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like, well, how big is it for you to, to be number one for that? And how realistic is it? But the cool part about it is that you don't have to be number one for, you know, Los Angeles Realtor as an example. There's other ways, there's other long tail and long tail being, you know, doesn't means there's a few more terms on the front of the back, right? That you can potentially index for, or there's other ways to drive traffic um, that don't have to be from an SEO perspective. So I think that's what's important is that if you're really stuck on, you know, a certain keyword, the cool part about it is there's softwares, as I talked about, you can grab thousands of keywords that maybe instead of maybe, you know, Los Angeles Realtor has 10,000 searches, but maybe the one that's for you, maybe you're Brentwood Realtor, and maybe there's only, a, you know, 800 searches, but it's going to be a lot easier. We talk about the KD scores, the keyword difficulty, right? We have from one being extremely easy, 100 being, you know, you have a better chance of seeing God than to be number one for that. So Los we Angeles look at this. Realtor. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that, you know, attorney, and there's all kinds of fun ones. But, you know, what happens at the end of the day is you have to look at that and say, okay, what is it going to take? And is the lemon worth the squeeze? And what I mean by that is, so let's say you are a real estate agent, right, in Los Angeles, and you're like, listen, only thing I deal with is, you know, $30 million homes, and I do, you know, 10 a year, and, you know, I make whatever, $5 million a year, and I'm awesome, and I've got, you know, gold teeth, and I'm just just absolutely amazing. I've got gator shoes. I've got three Bentleys. I've got two girlfriends. Life seems to be really good for me here in Los Angeles. Um, that's not me, by the way. That would be this fake realtor we're talking about. But 
what we're looking at there is that um, if that makes sense, because you're saying, hey, if I can get you number one, you're willing to spend, let's say, a million dollars just as a general number to be number one there because you know that you can close whatever. Each person, you have the, you have the you know, thought leadership. Everybody knows who you are. You're a big deal. You're on all the big TV shows. You're you know, a stunt double for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like Everybody knows you, right? Then great. Then maybe it makes sense to spend that money because you realize that you're making a 3% commission on a $50 million house. And that's going to be, you know, 150,000. Oh, was it $1.5 million or whatever? I think mean, is it 150,000? Anyways, it's a lot of money, right? So at the end of the day, you got to, and so great, maybe that makes sense. Now, if you're selling, you know, $10 items and you have a $3 profit margin on them, I mean, how many, you know, if I'm charging you a million dollars to be number one, which I'm not charging anybody a million dollars, but once again, just for numbers sake, let's say that is, and you, you have to, how many items do you have to sell for that $3 profit to be able to, to break even on that? Like, does that make sense? Right. So that's what you have to really look at is really make that evaluation. That is, does it make sense to try to be number one for that? And what is it really going to take? Right. Like as SEO professionals, we should say, hey, listen, this is how realistic I think it is. Now, this isn't a guarantee, but from what I'm looking at from softwares that you can use to make that better evaluation, I'm telling you, this is what I think. And this is how long it would take. And once again, no guarantees, but I think there's a high likelihood of this, 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 and this because of, you know, because of these factors, we're, we're making an educated decision off of that, where most SEO companies will sell you a package for 500, 1,000, 1,500, whatever the number is, and they're going to get you a little higher. But really, if it's a big keyword and it's something really hard that you guys are going after, there's probably not going to be tons of traction, right, at, at the end of the day. And it's probably going to be a little bit of results here and there. I tell clients, hey, listen, this is what the price is going to be. And this is what we think the results are potentially going to be. And what we have to look at is, you know, if you're driving traffic, and let's say, let's say there's 50 searches for a keyword and people go, oh, but there's only 50 searches. But once again, if you're selling multi-million dollar homes, that, that search, that one could actually be worth right. 10, 15, how, 20, $30,000. That's exactly it. So now we have to take a look at that. Like what is, and also what is the lifetime value of a client? Like, so if I am a realtor and I start with, um, you know, some actor in Hollywood and he's 23 years old and in his lifetime, he buys three houses that are all worth $5 million. And that the lifetime value of that client is $15 million times my 3% commission. Right. So that's another thing you have to look at is it's not just, you know, it's not just this one-time purchase. Like we think about like hosting accounts and other things like that, like hosting, you know, when you do affiliate stuff, hosting will give you a hundred, 200, $300 for somebody to sign up. And you're like, well, how can they do that when the hosting's $8 a month? Well, it's because of the attrition rate, because the lifetime value of that client is usually going to be five years. So it's really five years times 12 months, 60 times $8. So it's $480. So they can afford to give me $200 to refer them that traffic. So let that's me, what we have uh, to look at. Yeah. Let me ask you, when people come to you, how, what do you tell them as far as how important do you believe that having this solid SEO strategy is to the success of your company? I mean, I think it's, you know, it's like anything else. It, it's a, it's an avenue that I think you have to take a look at. Um, I mean, I've had companies that have come to me and I've told them, Hey, listen, I don't think, you know, the lemon is worth the squeeze in this situation. And I'll explain why that is because you have heavy, 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 heavy competition, not to say we can't find, you know, some, you know, uh, like I said, long tail keywords or maybe some other ways to drive traffic. I mean, there's always ways, right? So it doesn't always have to be that number one keyword, but what I always do is I always try to talk to people and I tell them, hey, listen, like, let's, let's, let's think about this realistically. Like, do we think, what do we think it's going to take to be able to get you to that spot? And, you know, once again, is it going to be, you know, is this going to be six months? Is it going to be one year? And what do we think it's going to cost to be able to do that? And I think that's, that's really what it comes down to is, is being once again, transparent with the, with the people and letting them know, hey, I think this is possible. I don't think it's possible. And this is the reason why that is. Now, does your team 
with all the changes that Google has come out with, uh, specifically this year with customer experience on the website, mm-hmm. do you deal with your customers and helping them with like their page load speed? Or I guess my question is how have you found the changes in SEO have you this year? And do you do services beyond content and links? Yeah, so content and links are, are, are really our specialty. Now we do some on-page optimization. You know, we'll go in and take a look at it and run an evaluation and help with page speed. The issue is, is you know, if you have a really slow website, what happens most of the time, there's things you can optimize, you know, make the pictures smaller, you can different fonts and different things you can once again start chipping away at that page speed. A lot of the times, if you have really, really big, big websites, the back end of what needs to happen to be able to get that down, if it's been a site that's been up for five, six, seven years, and it's got 10,000 pages, um, that's something we can do. But I usually farm that kind of stuff out because that's usually going to take a a heavy, heavy technical team. Um, And my team is technical, but we're not heavy, heavy technical. Like I'm not, I, I usually would look at something like that and say, hey, this is what I'll do is I need to, I'll put a report together and tell you guys what you guys need to do. But this is something that either your you know, internal team should optimize or should, should put in place, or we'd hire or have somebody that, would, that I would recommend outside of my agency. Um, because once again, some basic stuff, if it's not a crazy website, we can do. There's some things because we have plugins and everything that plays in together. We've learned our lesson the hard way over the, over the last, whatever, 10, 15 years. Sometimes when you get in, you start looking under the hood and you're like, man, this is, this is a little trickier than we thought in regards to you know, lowering the page speed and doing some different things. But there's, there's good plugins and there's softwares. And I have some people that specialize specifically in, in those types of tasks. That's one thing that we pride ourselves on is, you know, I don't claim to be the best at everything. We really, once again, as you said, we really specialize on great content, SEO, obviously backlinks, because we're going to create epic content that people naturally want to backlink to, outreach to getting people to backlink to those. Um, but really the, the heavy, heavy on page, once again, if it's a crazy, you know, you're talking about you know, amazon.com, which is obviously insane, but like you have somebody that they don't have to be that level, but you know, somebody that's got 10,000 pages, usually that's something that we, we like to have somebody else that has a heavy, heavy technical hand on that to be able to do that. Now, you know, it kind of reminded me, I was curious of a question the other day. Have you found that there are any platforms that are easier for SEO than others, or does it really not matter? You mean like WordPress or something like that? WordPress versus like Shopify versus, I don't know, a GoDaddy website, a professional services built, I mean, anything. Yeah. So I, you know, I've always been, I've always been a huge fan of WordPress. Um, and that's because I, you know, that's the sites that we've always used. They've always indexed extremely well for us. Shopify is not bad, you know, like Wix and stuff. I think you run into some things. They're not necessarily built for SEO. I mean, they do some SEO stuff, but once again, when you get that big and you're trying to, you know, add on features and obviously they're trying to optimize and get things going, they're just, you know, it's like having a garage and the more stuff you put in your garage, the bigger your garage is, the more stuff you put in there in theory, right? And then all of a sudden when you go to clean it, it's a little harder to, to clean out. And so I think when you have a, uh, you know, when you're starting with a WordPress site and then you're adding stuff to it and then you know, once again, always checking for optimization, it's easier because you can optimize, you know, you're in charge of the code. You can go in there, you can hire somebody or do it yourself. I'd probably hire somebody if you don't know what you're doing in regards to, you know, code and CSS and, and stuff like that. With Wix and with Shopify, it just, it's a little more difficult, not impossible, but you have to realize you're not going to be able to get in and, and change code for the most part, right? And be able to go and optimize like the, what they've built is what they've built. Um, and they're always trying to tweak and make things better. But historically, what I've seen is that, you know, a WordPress type website um, will index better because once again, you're starting off with 
some kind of a, I say skeleton and you're adding stuff to it. And you can, after you add one thing, you can once again check the page speed and see the user experience and how everything's going. And you can continuously kind of live, you know, have this lean website. Now, do you have a favorite success story of a client that you'd be willing to share? Um, I do, you know, it's funny. So I, um, because, so I do, the, the issue is, is that a lot of the clients that I work with, I, I sign NDAs. Um, and so that's the, you know, so I have some awesome ones that I'd love to tell you about. The problem is, is that they're, I'm still working with them. And if their clients heard this podcast, which they potentially could, then they know what we're doing. So I've got to be real careful with seeing what keywords and stuff. I will tell you, I will tell you, this is kind of a fun story. I will tell you that I out indexed, um, Google for Google tools like for their really? own terms. Yeah. I've actually have a screenshot. I thought I should send it to you. I was like, I went to my team and I was like, Hey, we're, God, we're crushing. What is this new term? I was like, Google tools. Like, you gotta be kidding me. Like Google was, we were like number one and number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 was all Google products. And I'm like, I don't, there had to have been a glitch in the matrix. Like I'm not, not that I'm not, you know, not that I'm not saying I'm not good at SEO, but at the end of the day, like I'm beating Google on their own platform for their own terms. So that was something that kind of like, I had to take a screenshot of it. We were up there for a few months. Yeah. I, and I think- I was gonna say, probably, how, how, how long did that last? Yeah, not, I mean, I would love to tell you years, but it was <laughs> it was a month or two. And I, I just kept looking at it and I was like, I can't imagine, you know, and I actually brought my wife in and she was like, not impressed. She, she was like, so what does that mean? Yeah, yeah like, that's who cares? That's a change in Google algorithm is coming is that, what that means. <laughs> that's exactly what that was. Yeah, that was the glitch in the matrix. I was looking at that going, man, this is, I don't know what just happened, but I'm gonna screenshot this. And I, you know, we, we always joke around about it. Obviously we don't, claim to be able to beat out Google for their own terms. But yeah. there was definitely a point that we did that, that I was like, man, that's, I'll, I'll take that all day long. Now, is there any particular niches that you guys specialize in for your clients? Is it professional services, e-commerce, or is it really all, all across the board? Yeah, you know, we really, really have seen a lot of success with like SaaS companies, um, you know, because of my site, because it indexes so well that we've you know, any kind of reviews or alternative posts or comparison posts, you know, a, a SaaS product versus another SaaS product or alternatives. Reviews have done really, really well on my website. Um, you know, I mean, there's just, there's a, what's happened over the years is that we've really kind of looked at, I mean, I, I index on the first page for almost like, I think it's like 3,400 keywords or something like there's some crazy amount. And so what we've looked at over the years is like, how do we put those into clusters? And what I mean by that is like, what types of terms does, does Google give me, you know, special treatment on, right? Like, like Instagram is a great example. Like anything Instagram related, my site usually gets on the first page instantly for just about anything I write or anything influencer related um, because we've obviously been in the space for a long time. So there's certain terms um, and, and anything SaaS related for whatever reason, Google, like, you know, I think it's maybe because of the, the types of articles that I've written over the years of being non-biased and kind of educating people on new softwares and good things that are happening there. So we've seen some great, great results there, but that's, we do some service-based stuff um, as well, but really SaaS is, is kind of our hotspot. Now, is that for your website or for your clients? For clients. We do a lot of SaaS stuff. So we do a lot of reviews and like companies that have been funded and say, hey, we really want to get some major traction in these areas. You know, because I, you know, I have a, a lot of, I have a huge network of people, of, you know, that I have that write for certain different websites and stuff so we can help them get traction. But really we use our website as kind of that, that tipping point of saying, hey, you want to be number one for a certain term. You're a brand new SaaS company, been around for a year. I've been around writing for eight years. I can pretty much get you number one for any keyword. You know, let's like, take a look at the keywords and see what we think the likelihood of being able to be number one for. And I, I want to help them. I want to help them do what I've done to the other nine, you know, Shane Barkers in the world that don't like me. I want to move them out of the way. And I want to be, you want to take over the first 10, 20 spots. And that's what I look at for my clients is like, what do we need to do to secure 
know, for the main keywords, like your high intent keywords, what do we need to do to, to move the other people out of the way very nicely, of course, and say, excuse me, as we move up. Um, but you know, what do we need to do to make that happen? Now, are there any challenges that you have struggled with in getting results organically for your clients? Yeah, I think, you know, some of the issues that you run into when, it, when working with clients is very much, and there's this, this delicate balance between SEO um, and, and writing, right? And what I mean by that is like something that you write that, you know, that reads, you know, once again, when you read it, you're like, okay, that makes sense. And then where you're trying to infuse SEO into that. So I've, I actually had a, um, she was actually part of HGTV. She was a thought leader and uh, I was helping her. I won't say her name, but um, she was, uh, she was a sweetheart. But what we were doing is we were helping her with her website and thought leadership stuff. And anytime we would write some content for her, we'd say, Hey, we really want to go after, you know, whatever the city she was in and, and uh, you know, interior design or whatever it was. And she really, because she was a, she was an artist. And so anytime she would read the content, she was always, always, it just didn't resonate with her. And I said, well, listen, we're not, we're not, you know, this isn't like a thesis. We're not writing this, you know, from like you know, a Shakespearean point of view, we're writing this to get, to get number one for, you know, your, your name or whatever it is, whatever terms we're going after. And so we write it in a certain way that, that Google loves it. Right. And so we're looking at, you know, keyword density and there's a lot of things that we do. And so a lot of the times, with clients, A, I talk about, we do these qualifying questions, but I want to find out how realistic are you in regards to how quickly you think this is going to happen, right? You're saying, Hey, I want to, you know, I got a budget of 20 grand and I want to do, you know, $10 million in sales. And I have to go, you're not the only one. That sounds awesome. I would love to do that for everybody, but let's be realistic about what we think we can get for, you know, the budget that you have and the, the terms that you're going after. And it's the same thing with this, like how, you know, when it comes to content and us writing content, we have a review process but really at the end of the day, we know how to write content that Google loves, right? And so that's really the goal. That's the reason why we've been hired. So, you know, I tell people, you can look at the content and you can absolutely make some changes, but you have to realize like there's structurally, there's a schema, there's a way that we put content together that we know a high percentage of the time that Google is going to give it preferential treatment because of how we wrote it. So that's what we have to realize. If they're very stuck with, hey, it needs to read a certain way, it has to be this and has to be that, then we just say, listen, it's probably not a good fit because... I don't want to butt heads each time we're putting out content and I don't want them to not, you know, not like the content that's being put out. But I, I, once again, I like to set that table. I set expectations early to say, Hey, listen, you know, are you okay with this type of content that's going to be going out? The goal is to get, if the goal is for you to get more leads and more traffic, I can make that happen, but you got to kind of give us the range to the blog and we'll kind of explain the reason why we're writing the content the way we do, but you got to give up some range there. Yeah. I would think managing expectations in your industry would be be key because SEO is not overnight. And I was thinking that maybe one of the struggles that you were going to say would be lack of patience for your mm. client's part, but maybe you manage that with the expectations. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely in there. That's, that comes down to, Hey, what do you think the results should be and how quickly are you looking to get results? I mean, I, there's about 12 questions that we ask and that is it because if they say, Hey, you know, we really were looking for this thing to be, you know, I got 10 grand. I want to get at least a million dollars in sales. And I think we should be able to do it within, you know, four weeks. And I go, once again, love, love, love the ambition. I love, I love how passionate you are about getting these results, but let's be realistic. And I've, I've had these, you know, I call them the come to Jesus meetings with, number of clients and say, listen, like anybody that tells you they're going to be able to get you those results, that's somebody who's just collecting 10 grand from you. And I'm just being honest with you. There's somebody out there that will, that will sell you on a package that will tell you, Hey, they can do this, but I'm telling you right now, that's not possible. So instead of spending 10 grand, just go hire the guy for $99. We'll get you on the first page of Google. That way you're saving <laughs> $990, you know, or 900, yeah, 999. 
$9,900, you know, so there's, at the there's end of some it, solid it, financial advice, that's it. Just try to save the cash, you know, just go and go get ripped off for only a hundred dollars instead of 10,000. Like just make it less of a blow is my, is now, my recommendation. Now, besides SEO, I see you also offer influencer marketing services, content marketing services, and online PR services. Now the content marketing and the online PR service, they seem to go hand in hand, right? With the content. Yeah. I didn't see the fit with the influencer marketing services. What, no. what does that include that you guys are doing and how did you get into offering that service? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. So it was one of those things I got kind of forced into it. So, and, and that sounds terrible when I'm like, I got forced in, like I hated it, but no, really what it is is because I was one of the first people to write about influencer marketing. And so what happened was, is because I was writing about that at a client, um, Zoe, that we took from 400,000 to 1.6 million selling fitness eBooks. Like she, we just crushed it. She was making a million dollars a year. Um, off of fitness eBooks. But so we jumped into that. And then I ended up teaching a course at UCLA, a personal branding and how to be an influencer course. The problem was I was seeing so often in the influencer space that people started to say, Hey, like, you know, we have questions about our campaigns. And I had been on both sides of the coin. What I mean by that is we had helped brands, you know, get to a certain level. Then I'd also represented influencers and negotiated deals. So I'd seen both sides of the coin. So it naturally, I just naturally jumped into the influencer marketing thing because it made sense because I had the thought leadership of, you know, teaching at UCLA. I've spoken on stages in Turkey and, you know, Istanbul. I mean, actually, well, Istanbul, Turkey. I mean, you know, India, like just all over the world. And so people were naturally coming to me and saying like, why would you not offer this service? And so, you know, we, we got to a situation where I was like, I, I, you know, I can't not offer this. Like I'm leaving money on the table. I know how to do this you know, it really comes down to, once again, on those types of situations, it comes down to expectation. Like, what do you expect mm -hmm. to get from, you know, your influencer marketing is, is a similar to SEO in the sense that, you know, if you think you're just going to go hire one influencer, uh, pay them 10 grand, they're going to post about your uh, new bathing suits that you guys have, and you expect to get, you know, $50,000 in sales. It's just not that way. That was, you know, influencer marketing eight years ago when nobody was doing influencer marketing, right? So now it's, now it's a little bit of a different deal. It's a frequency deal. It's going to take um, you know, marketing is you take, you have to see things five, six, seven times before they're going to make, you know, some kind of an educated decision to buy something. So you have to build a, a strategy around that. It's not just a one-stop shop, you know, Hey, post one time and then make a million dollars. Now, personally, are there any business books out there that you can attribute to your journey as an entrepreneur? You know what? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of crazy. So there are a number of books that like, I mean, you know, rich dad, poor dad, you know, just for, for mindset and, and really thinking about like kind of putting things in, in categories of, of how, you know, things can be done. I mean, I've, 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 I've read so many books over the years. And the sad part for me is that I remember like little things about each book, but I forget the names of a lot of the books. Like, mm -hmm. um, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad was one that really stuck out. Obviously, um, what was the one? Dale Carnegie, uh, Influential how to, Friends. How to and, Think and Grow Rich. How to Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, that was, um, uh, Napoleon, or I mean, uh, I can't remember his name. Yes, yeah, but that Napoleon, was another one. I actually, yeah, Napoleon Hill. Napoleon yeah. Hill. Yeah. I read that one about once a year because for me that, that, it, I mean, that was written what 90 years ago. I mean, I don't even know. It was a long time ago. That book was written. The, the, the core of what that book, what it, what it talks about. And it, what always impresses me is every time I read it, I get something different out of it, which is it just incredible to me. So there's, that's definitely one of those books. Like I said, I do it at least once a year when I go on vacation. I'm saying, okay, listen, I'm going to go and read this book, spend a few hours and, and kind of knock this thing out. Now, I know we've spoken about this, but it kind of around and around. To summarize, 
what would you say the problems that you guys are solving for your clients and how are you standing out from the competition? Yeah. I mean, I would say the problems that we're solving is, is really coming down to, you know, does it make sense to do SEO, right? Like at the end of the day, like we want to go after certain keywords. Are we going after the right keywords? So the, the problem is, is a lot of people say, Hey, I want to go after a certain keyword. Um, and then we make that evaluation and say, this is a reason you don't want to go after that keyword. Like it can happen, but it's either a low intent keyword. It's just a keyword that somebody told them, or they think a competitor is going after, you know, our thing is really, we want to solve the problem of what are the right keywords to go after and how do we go after them? And then the next step to that is, are, are we converting, right? Like who cares if I drive 10 million people to you on a daily basis, if you're not converting, then there's a problem, right? Like it doesn't, doesn't really matter. So we take a look at that as well. Like, what do we think we could do to drive that traffic, but then the conversion of that traffic. And what, again, what is the lifetime value of that client, right? how much is that client worth to you? And how many do you need to drive? Because once again, if you're spending $50,000 with me and you sell something that there's a $2 profit margin, how many do you have to sell? How much traffic needs to be driven if you're at a 3% conversion rate? So a hundred people come over to you you're closing three of those out of a hundred and you're making, let's say $5. How many of those, I mean, how much traffic needs to be sent to you? Great. We need to send you whatever, 200,000 in traffic. Well, is that even, can we even get that through the keywords that you're looking at? You know, and how many months is that going to take? Does it take it a, a year, six years, 10 years, 20 years to get your money back? And does that make sense? That's what it comes down to. Like I can, I can do it for 50. I can make it happen, but why would I want to do that? Knowing at the end of this thing, it's probably not going to end well for you. Like, I mean, in the sense in regards to conversions, you might not ever make your money back. Like, why do that? Sure. And so, so but you're, most you're, helping them, you're helping them reverse engineer the numbers almost. Yeah, you have to. Because if not, then how do you know if it worked? Right? Like, I mean, that's what we have to take a look at. It's like, that's great. There's, you know, once again, we talk about, you know, what is that person worth? Is it only 50 searches? But if they're worth, you know, $30,000 to you, then that makes sense. You know, or, you know, or if there's 10,000 searches and then how many of those have to convert and what kind of competition are we looking at? So that's the problem is any agency would tell you they can do it because they maybe can for that amount, but does it make sense? That's the next step that most agencies aren't going to tell you. They're not going to tell you, you know what, this really doesn't make sense. Most of them won't. I'm not saying all SEO agencies are shysters, but most of them are going to say, yeah, we could definitely get you up there and maybe they can. But the next question is, is it worth it? Who is the perfect client for your agency? Yeah, I think, you know, the perfect client really is, a client that probably most of the clients that come to us, unfortunately, have been beaten a little bit. You know, they've, they've gone through a little domestic violence when it comes to another SEO company, <laughs> right? So there's a little bit of, you know, so there's a little bit of trust that needs to be built. They've read my articles for a little bit. They're like, hey, I think you know what you're talking about. You don't, you know, have a gold tooth or, you know, a Cadillac or anything. So I feel like you should be, you know, nothing against Cadillacs. I used to have one. I lo actually love Cadillacs, but you get my point. Like, you know, shoe salesmen or, you know, used car salesmen. The, you know, for me, the perfect client is somebody that, that understands the value of what we're going to be bringing, right? And understand has proper expectations. And sometimes that doesn't happen out the gate, but I, the, the qualifying questions that I have them answer will tell me where they're at. And then we have a call. And if they're still stuck on something and saying, hey, I had a, my best friend's cousin's uncle got this type of results off of this. And I think it's this. And, you know, if I give you 10 grand, you should make it, you know, 250 grand. Uh, say, okay, well, I, I don't know if that's possible. Let me explain why that's not possible. Let me tell you what is possible for that. Like, I do think we could probably get you to 20 or 30 grand because of this, 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 and this. But usually what happens is that I start asking the harder questions like, hey, what is the lifetime value of your client? What is your guys' current conversion rate? And then things get a little quiet. And then it's like, okay, well, wait a second. How would you know that you want to get, you know, 30,000 in sales, right? You're, we got to reverse engineer this thing. 
right? So you don't even know, like you just, you pulled that number out of the sky. And so what we have to do is say, even if I was to get you number one, right? Is that, is that possible to, is it, does it make sense? So I think that it's a client that I don't, they don't necessarily have to have gone through the SEO domestic violence, you know, but it, it, it's helpful in the sense that they, okay, like, cause then I can look at the reports that they send and I go, that's awesome. They sent you this report and you're number one for 39 keywords that have nothing to do with what you sell. Right. And they go, yeah, they would send me these reports. And I'm like, yeah, I'm number one for Furfinugan. I'm like, do you sell Furfinugans? They're like, no. And I'm like, then who cares? Now, are most of your clients professional services? Are they doctors, lawyers, dentists? No, I have, I have a handful there, but really our, our main thing is SaaS companies or like yes. our startups and SaaS companies that, that have, because we can, you know, they're obviously the lifetime value of a client. If they're, you know, paying $50 a month and they keep them on for two years, that's a higher lifetime value than if it's a, a service-based company, you have an AC guy that charges, you know, 200 bucks. And, right. you know, it, it's just, it's just the numbers work out better for a SaaS company. Um, and once again, the site index is extremely well. If I'm writing about a Los Angeles attorney, you know, and it just doesn't, my site would do okay, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be where they need them to be. They, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't get the favorable results on Google. So we just know that when anything SaaS related is, is done really, really well with our site. Now, how can an interested listener, whether they're perfect or not, learn more about working with you? Yeah, you can go into Google. You can put in shanebarker.com and you can just look at the first 20 results, which will not be the nine people that we talked about earlier. No, I'm just kidding. I think maybe somebody snuck in here and there, which is okay. I, I let people come and visit on occasion. Um, you know, really, the, if you want to find out more about me, you can just go to shanebarker.com. That's S-H-A-N-E-B-A-R-K-E-R.com. You can take a look at me there. I've got my newsletter. We send nothing but value out through my newsletter. And I'm not just saying that. I, I'm serious. I don't think I've ever sold anything through my newsletter. It's always been just value, which I'm not bragging about. I probably should talk about my services there. But go take a look at the newsletter. You can add me on Instagram to Shane Barker. Uh, LinkedIn is Shane Barker. And then uh, Twitter, we did have a Shane Barker that got the Shane Barker before I did. So it's Shane underscore Barker. Um, shout out to the other Shane Barker that got that Twitter account before me because I'm coming for you. Now, what would you tell someone who is thinking of hiring an SEO agency, but may have been burned in the past? You know, you really, what you want to do is you want to educate yourself a little bit on the process, you know, have, you know, need to be able to do it yourself, but understand the terms, understand what people, what they're offering to you, better understand how realistic it is. Like ask the questions, the SEO agency should tell you, um, yeah, I think this is what it is. And these are what the results could be. And then what you have to figure out on your side is once again, does it make sense if they're sending you 50 people a month, you know, and you're closing whatever, 10% of that, that's great. Five people and it's worth a thousand bucks. Great. That's worth $5,000 and you're paying 2000. Those aren't bad numbers, but what you have to do is look at that. You have to think about, you know, you have to know your numbers on your side. That's the important part, right? Because any SEO agency is going to say, Hey, I can get you to that term. But once again, who cares if you don't know what your numbers are on your side, they can send you one person or 10 million people. But if you don't know that conversion on your side, that's a, that's a problem right? Any SEO agency can potentially get to there, but you're the one that has to, to, to understand what that lifetime value is and what exactly each lead is going to be worth to you, right? What is that, the cost to act, your cost of acquisition for those, for those leads? And then how many of those are you converting? So ask the right questions and get it from multiple agencies and really find the person that's being honest with you. That's saying, Hey, listen, I, I, the person that's, that's not just selling you on something, Right. And obviously ask for results. Say, hey, like, you know, I, the funniest part, I have SEO agencies that I'll go and look at their website and they're not indexing for anything. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be number one Google, you know, for a certain SEO terms if you're an SEO company. But at the end of the day, 
I don't know. It's like, you know, it's hard. It's kind of like the financial planner that drives up and, you know, like a, a, you know, 1982 Ford Festiva, like maybe he just saves all of his money and that's awesome. But there's something about that. Like, I want to know, like, show me what you've done for your website, obviously what your, mm-hmm. for your clients as well, but you have to have some proof in the pudding. Like for me, it's like, it just drives me crazy when people can't do what they're telling their clients to do and they're not doing it themselves. Like you gotta, you gotta drink your own Kool-Aid and you gotta be able to show those results. Now, anything else you would like to add before we wrap it up today? No, I will say that, you know, once again, not all SEO, SEO agencies are bad. You know, I mean, it's, it is, you have to realize it's a long-term game. If somebody's promising you the week, two weeks, three weeks for a hundred dollars uh, run, unless you just feel like donating money, which you could just take that money and go to a casino and at least you'd maybe win something. So there's other ways to spend that money. If it doesn't seem right, if you're looking for quick results, you know, it's no different if you go to a gym, you want to go get a six pack. If somebody says, Hey, if you do, you know, three crunches and you eat seven carrots and you're going to have a six pack and that's what you're looking for. And that makes sense to you. You're probably not going to get a six pack. So my, my thing is, is understand that, that it's a long-term game with SEO but with the right agency and somebody that's being honest with you about the, the potential results, that's what you want. You want somebody you can have a conversation with and also that will explain what they're doing. I go into detail with my clients and people always go, why do you tell your clients? Cause then they can maybe do it on their own. They're not going to want to do it on their own after the results that we get them. Like, why would you want to go take that on yourself? If you're getting phenomenal results, that's happened a handful of times. And out of <laughs> there's, it's happened to me three times. And two of those people came running back to me and said, Hey, I apologize. And I said, not a problem learning lesson. Let's move on. Let's get you back to where you need to be. Well, this has been great. Well, thank you for joining us today, Shane. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having us. I really appreciate it. Now for listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple podcasts and leave an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding shanebarker.com or connecting with Shane, you will find all the links in the show notes. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our all-new podcast resource center available at makeeachclickcount.com. We've compiled all different past guests by show topics and have included each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any services that I have discussed during previous episodes. That's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing, and I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.